Hey everybody, welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and this week we're in a new series called Not a Hostage. We're digging into the book of Philippians, and in this book of the Bible, Paul, who's writing, is is writing to a group of believers, a church in Philippi, but he's writing from prison. He himself is a hostage, he's locked up, and he is proclaiming, speaking truth to us as believers, telling us that we don't have to be a hostage to our situations, specifically to our fear, to our pride, or our thoughts, or our past. We don't have to be subject to how those things change and what they tell us that we should do, but we find our peace, we find our rest, we find our direction from the Lord. And this series is gonna be challenging as we dig into four main topics, how we are not a hostage to fear, not a hostage to our pride, not a hostage to our thoughts, and not a hostage to our past. So tune in this week as we look at how we are not a hostage to our fear. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm back, you guys. It is, it's so good to be here with you. And if this is your first time and I haven't met you yet, my name is Aaron Escamilla and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And in case you haven't heard, I was, I've been out the past three weeks um, with, with COVID and so been struggling with that physically in my body. And just wanna take a moment and just say thank you for all of the texts, the prayers, the support, they meant the world to us um, as a family. I know some of you guys dropped off food. It was delicious, so thank you so much for that. Um, appreciate that, but just appreciate all of the encouragement and the support and the prayers that you guys gave us over the past few weeks. So just a, a quick update. I was cleared by my doctor this Monday, so I am safe to be around people. I'm not contagious anymore. It's been about three weeks that I've been in quarantine um, after I tested positive. I do still have a slight cough, um, so you'll have to bear with me this morning, but I am feeling so much better. And so once again, just so thankful for our church family and all of the prayers and the encouragement over the past few weeks as we've been um, battling through this sickness together. So that's a little bit about me. And if you're new to NCC, I would love to get to know a little bit about you. And there's a simple way that you can do that. Um, If you've not connected with us yet, there is a number right there on the screen. And you can um, text that number, just text NCC New. So even right now while I'm talking, you can do that. And um, it'll give you a few prompts, just asking your name and a little bit about you. We would love to know your story. And if there's any way that we can help you grow or help you move forward in your relationship with Jesus, we want to do that um, as a church. So please let us know who you are if you're new around here and how we can um, come alongside of you and serve you. And this Sunday, we are kicking off a brand new series called Not a Hostage. And we're gonna take the next four weeks and we're gonna walk through the book or the letter of Philippians together. And we're not gonna be able to go through every single verse, but we're gonna hit highlights in that letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And so today we're gonna start um, by with just giving a little bit of background and context for the book. So if you're here and you're like, I've never read this, I have no idea what this letter is about, it's okay. We're gonna help you kind of get caught up and and all of us on the same page. And then we're gonna look at one of the themes that Paul highlights 
And you're going to see overall as we walk through this book how this theme of not being a hostage comes to the forefront or it comes to kind of um, the main focus as we walk through this book together. So a little bit of the background. If you want to, you can open your Bible right now and turn to Philippians. We're going to look at a few verses in Philippians chapter 1. But a little bit of the background. Um, Paul is writing this letter from a prison. So over the next few weeks, I want you to get that image in your mind that as he's scrolling this letter, literally pen to paper, he's writing from a prison cell. Um, and he is a hostage in a literal sense in that he is in a prison cell. We get a little bit of the background of why he's writing this letter in a different book of the Bible called the book of Acts. This is in the New Testament. It's after the time of Jesus. And it tells the story of how the church spread from Jerusalem where Jesus was, um, the nation of Israel, and how it began to spread into what we know, um, modern day kind of like Middle East, Turkey, into Southern Europe, and how churches were planted and the gospel was taken. And this person that's writing this letter, Paul, he's the one that's spreading a lot of the churches and the good news of the gospel, that God has come, that we can receive forgiveness from our sins and be restored back into a right relationship with God. Well, one of the cities that he ends up in is the city of Philippi. And I can't give it all to you right now, but you can write this down, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, we get the background story. It's a pretty crazy thing. A miracle happens. Paul is there preaching the gospel. Something miraculous happens. People get mad at Paul. They throw him in prison. He starts to sing this song in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, there's an earthquake from God. Prison doors are open, like shackles are falling off. There is literal freedom from the prison cell. And the jailer gets saved, his family gets saved, they get baptized, and the church is started in Philippi. Now, this is a number of years later that Paul is writing back to encourage the church in some things that he is learning. And once again, he writes this letter from our understanding from the city of Rome being in prison and held captive by the Roman officials. So that's kind of the context of this letter. And once again, while Paul is literally in prison, we see this theme that he's reminding the church, you're not a hostage. You're not captive. Your freedom has not been taken from you. You have that because of your relationship with Jesus. And so there are things that may try to hold you back that you need to break free from. Now, I've never been in a prison cell, okay? Never spent a night in jail. Um, some of you, that may be your background story. You may have experienced that, but I haven't. The closest thing that I could think of was the past few weeks. And it was a number of Sundays ago. I wasn't here on a Sunday morning because I found out I had been exposed. And I went and got tested, super quick test, okay? Um, hopefully you don't have to have it because they literally tickle your brain with a Q-tip, okay? So they shove that thing up there. 15 minutes later, I get a call. Hey, Aaron, you have tested positive, okay? When that happens, I was already back in the room. Sarah locks me in my room. That's my wife. You cannot come out, okay? And I, I didn't really feel that sick at that point, so I wasn't really struggling. And so by hour 24, hour 36, you guys, I'm going crazy. I am sticking my head out of the door just to see people. I'm like, is anyone out there, you guys? And Sarah's yelling at me, shut the door like you're going to get a sick. And she has me like locked in there. I, I felt like a prison. My food was delivered to the door. My kids would knock on the door and then run away. And then I could open it. Like I was going insane, you guys. Like I just needed interactions. I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. And so I just needed to be around other people. 
There was a time or two where Sarah would have to take a work call and I would sneak out just to talk to my kids for a moment or two. Like I was six feet away, I had a mask on, but I just had to talk to someone. So, so I can't imagine what it's like for Paul to be in a prison cell and to be a hostage where he doesn't have freedom to kind of come and go and interact with whoever he wants to. And yet Paul in that situation is reminding us, you're not a prisoner. Church, you're not a hostage to the things around you. You have freedom in Christ. And today we're looking at this theme. We're going to start here. You're not a hostage to fear. We live in a society that is controlled by fear. And today we're going to see in this chapter one how Paul in different ways reminds us, you're not a hostage to fear. And if you have a smart device, I want to encourage you, you can take that out. Um, Open up NCC's app. If you don't have that, go ahead and download it. The sermon notes are in there, and I'm going to tell you at different times, hey, go ahead and fill this in or, or write down maybe this idea. So you can do that if you have that app or if you're taking notes, write down this message titled, Not a Hostage to Fear. That's what I want us to focus in on. We're controlled by fear on so many different levels. Sometimes we don't even realize it. Like fear is just fed to us in so many different ways. The media, the news, social media, all of these interactions We're taught to live this fearful life and to be controlled by this. And yet Paul's reminding us, you're not a hostage to fear. And he starts with this idea. You're not a hostage to fear because peace is found in Jesus. And if you have your notes open, you can fill that in. Peace is found in Jesus. That's why you're not a hostage to fear because your peace is found in Christ. Philippians chapter one, verse two, if you have your Bibles open, Um, right there, as Paul's opening this letter in the first few words, look at this phrase that he gives the church, grace and peace to you, where? From God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he could have started in a lot of different ways. Once again, he's in a prison cell, right? He could have started like, church, pray for me. This is horrible. Like, I can't believe this is going on. We see at the end of the book of Acts, he doesn't even deserve to be in there. There are Roman officials saying, Paul doesn't deserve to be in prison. We don't even know what this guy's being accused of, but because he's a Roman citizen and he's pled to Caesar, we have to send him to Caesar. He could have said, church, I'm in this place and I don't deserve to be here. Pray for me. He could have said, write some letters, write to Rome, send some letters to Caesar. No, let him know about what's going on. Petition the government so that I can get freedom. But he doesn't. Where does he start at? Church, I want to remind you of something. Your peace is found in God. Your peace is found in the Lord Jesus. Whatever you're facing, your peace is not in your circumstance or it's not in your situation. And Paul's not even pleading, hey, get me out of here. What he's wanting to remind the church is even in this prison cell, I recognize my peace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where my peace is found at. It's not found in what's going on around me. And so he's pleading to the church, don't allow fear to overtake you. Why? Because you have a peace that is found in Jesus that cannot be disturbed by your circumstances, that can't be interrupted by your situation because your peace is found in God. And that's what he's reminding the church. This is where our peace comes from. Paul's not sitting up at night rubbing his hands together. What if I get executed? What if I'm in prison for so long? What if people forget about me? What's... No, he's saying, I have a peace that's in Jesus. 
that has nothing to do with these shackles or these chains on me. I'm not a hostage, church. You're not a hostage to fear because you realize where your peace comes from. It's not in your circumstances. It is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet so many of us that follow Jesus, fear still tries to attack us. And it still tries to overcome us. And it still tries to control our life. And Paul would remind us, you're not a hostage to fear. Your peace is found in Jesus. We live in a society that struggles with this. A matter of fact, we've had to create new terms to describe our fear because we didn't have a context for it. That's how much fear is going on in our society. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. In case you don't know that, that's the acronym for that, okay? We have this fear that something on is going, something else is happening. Our friends are out there partying and having fun and we're missing it, right? Our family members or someone else is having this great experience and we're sitting at home. And instead of enjoying the company of our family or our spouse or our kids, our mind is somewhere else. Instead of just enjoying the moment, you know, a beautiful afternoon or just relaxing, our mind is what are our coworkers doing? What are our friends doing? What's happening? Why, why didn't I get that invite to that party? Why are they over there? There's this fear of missing out. We've had to create these terms because we live in such a fear-controlled society. Something's happening and I'm not a part of it. Last night, our family watched a documentary. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Social Dilemma. I hadn't seen it before. It's really interesting on Netflix. Very thought-provoking if you have a chance to watch it. But they talked about how middle school and high school students are now living with this fear of being liked or accepted or if they're being rejected. All of this is based on social media. And so they're living with Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, all of these things of I just posted something, how many people liked it? And my value or my worth as a person goes up or down why did they like that person's photo more? Why did that person become TikTok famous? Why is no one seeing what I'm doing? And we're living in this fear that either I'm accepted or rejected simply by someone clicking a heart button on a social media app. But we're living in this fear like, oh no, people don't like me. My friends, they don't really like me because they didn't like this photo. And why do we need our high school persons, friends, aunts, uncles, cousins, employers, right, to tell me that my vacation was fun? Why do we need that? Why do I need someone to tell me that my food looks delicious when I sit down for dinner? But so many of us, you guys, and it's not just middle school and high school students, we do that, right? Refresh, refresh, refresh. I need to see what people thought of what I just posted, and we're living with this fear of rejection or acceptance based off of social media, and it's controlling our lives when we can't put down the phone or when we can't stop looking at Facebook because we need to see what people thought of our posts. There's a problem there. That is fear controlling us. Some of us, we're living in fear of the political landscape in our nation. And this election just barely got done. And when you turn on the news, they're already predicting four years from now, what's going to happen? The system's going to crash. This is, you know, cause problems with everything that's going on. This election was bad. They're already trying to put fear in our hearts four years from now, and we're not even living there yet. Or maybe the person you voted for made it into office, or maybe they didn't. But there's this fear of what's the next four years going to be like? Are they going to do what they said? Are they not? Is the whole nation going to, what's going to happen? We're fed this fear by news outlet and by media sources 
to keep us controlled. And yet Paul's saying, you're not a hostage. There is this legitimate fear of what's going on with sickness in our nation with COVID, okay? And I want you to hear me. This is a real thing. Man, I'm still struggling with this weeks afterwards. And I thought, man, I'd be better by now, but it's still lingering with me. But church, there is a vast difference between wisdom and fear. And I think some of us are mistaking this. Wisdom is I listen to the medical experts, the CDC. I wear masks, you know, social distancing. I wash. I'm being careful, you know, if I'm at risk, I'm isolating myself. But then it moves over to fear where I can't do anything. And even being in my house, I start to worry that what if the person that delivered my groceries touched something that someone else had touched? And all of a sudden it begins to consume my mind. Now we, I believe as believers are called to have wisdom. I don't want you to mistake what I'm saying. There is wisdom that we're called to live with, but where it begins to paralyze you, where you can't even function, that's no longer wisdom, church. That's fear. And Paul's saying, you're not a hostage to that. You're not a hostage to fear. We're concerned about financial stability and what's gonna happen and what's gonna take place. We're controlled by all of this in our life. And if you got your notes open, maybe one of those sticks out to you and you need to write that down of God, what am, what's controlling me? And some of it's on a subconscious level, like we don't even know it until someone points it out and we realize, oh yeah, man, I'm spending a lot of my time just focused in on that. And, and we use words like this, like, oh, I'm just a thinker. That's, that's just my personality. Oh, I just tend to worry or stress. No, that's a symptom of fear controlling you. You're a hostage to that. And Paul's reminding us, no, your peace is found in Jesus, not in what's going on in your life, but in Jesus, that's where you go to for peace. And so I wanna encourage you in this, that, that whenever you feel that, like I'm a hostage to fear, I'm missing something, I don't know if people like me, I don't know what the future's gonna hold, that you would maybe out loud, you would just make this declaration, my peace is found in Jesus. Something, you're feeling that in your heart, my peace is found in Jesus. The peace that you need, it's found in Jesus. Uh, a few people in our family, we love these books by a Christian fiction author named Ted Decker. Um, he's written a lot of them. He does a great job of writing analogies and fiction um, to the Christian faith. And we recently read this book he wrote called The Girl Behind the Red Rope. It's all about fear. And it's even how followers of Christ, we can be controlled by fear and we don't even know it. And one of the characters towards the end of the book makes this statement and it's so powerful. She's being reminded by the analogy of Jesus in the book of this, I am the light. There is no darkness in light. The light is love and there's no fear in love. I am loved so there's no place for fear in me. And church, remembering that you are loved by God there is no place for fear in you. Fear doesn't have a stronghold in your life because your peace is found in Jesus because you're loved by God and in perfect love, there is no fear. So Paul's reminding the church, you're not a hostage to this. The second thing that I just wanna quickly highlight this one is God's got you in a process. You're not a hostage to fear because God has got you in a process. In Philippians chapter one, the same chapter in verse six, you go down a few verses, this is what Paul says, being confident of this. He's saying, hey, I believe this, that he who began a good work in you, talking about God, Jesus who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
Some of us are living in fear of our mistakes or our past. And he's saying, hey, I'm confident of this. God's got you in a process. He's not left you. He's not abandoned you. You're not trying to have to do this on your own or figure this out on your own. And some of us, we're living in fear like, oh, no, I got to do this by myself. No, Paul's saying you're not a hostage to fear because God has, a pro- has you in a process. I'm confident of this, that God's working in your life, that God is doing something, that God's not done with you yet. If you were here at the beginning of service, that very first song that we sang, when we got to the bridge, I had to stop and just write this down because it was so powerful, those lyrics of I'm not dead and God's not done. I'm not dead and God's not done. Church, you have breath in your lungs. God has you in a process. You're not doing this by yourself. You're not doing this on your own. You're not trying to figure this out just in your own power. God has you in a process. So when fear tries to creep in and and you feel like I'm all alone in this, God, where are you at? No, God, you're working something inside of me. You've not abandoned me, Lord. You're right here in this moment. You're moving me forward. God, you're growing me and developing me. God has you in a process. The last thing that I want us to kind of look at here is this right here. You're not a hostage to fear because your prison serves a purpose. Your prison serves a purpose. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, listen to what Paul says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. And I'm thinking, Paul, what are you saying there? You're in prison, man. Like, it seems like you're a hostage, that you're captive. And what does Paul say? No, This is actually for God's purpose. God's doing something here. And it's become evident to everyone around me that why I'm here is to advance the gospel. That even through what I'm going through, even these chains, even this prison cell, that that horrible thing that's happened in my life is serving to bring other people to God, to bring truth, to bring love, to bring joy to others. My life has a purpose And Paul is saying that your prison has a purpose. So many of us, we live in fear of like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Like, what if something bad takes place? What what if something goes wrong and that fear starts to control us? And Paul says, you don't have to worry about that. Because even the worst thing you could imagine, being in a prison cell, you losing your freedom, being wrongfully accused and you're placed in prison, yeah, it has a purpose. Now, I want you to hear me. I don't believe God said, hey, I'm going to put Paul in that prison cell. But what Paul recognizes is, yeah, even the devastating in our, things in our life, God turns them around. I don't have to live in fear of what could take place because God changes all of that. Sarah, my wife, um, was sharing me as we were kind of talking about this idea of, um, as she's been going to her counselor, her counselor's gave her this word. I don't even know if it's a word, but I think it encompasses what we're talking about so well. And she says, Sarah, sometimes you're catastrophizing, okay? Once again, don't know if that's a real word, but I grabbed hold of it because I was like, man, that's a good concept. And what it is, is it's where we allow our minds to create the worst in a situation that has not even happened yet, okay? 
let me just take a moment and show you how weird your pastor is, okay? So sometimes Sarah works in downtown Dallas um, four days of the week. And so I know that around five o'clock, she's going to leave, head home. I'm usually at home at that point, getting dinner ready for the kids. And I'll call Sarah like, hey, you getting ready to head out? But she won't answer. Oh, she's busy or she's closing up a meeting or she's getting in her car and she has to have directions how to navigate traffic. I'll wait 15 or 20 minutes and I'll call again. She doesn't answer. And what does my mind do? Oh no, she got in an accident, you guys. And I'll start thinking, oh man, what if it's a bad accident? How am I gonna plan her funeral? I know, I'm weird, okay? Oh no, what's gonna happen? I've got all these kids and no help now, right? Like, what am I gonna do? Our house is too big if Sarah's not here. I don't know what to do. And my mind will, I'll have the next three to four months planned. Right? And then 30 minutes later, she walks in the door and she's like, oh, I just didn't have my phone on. Okay. I know no one else probably does that. I'm weird, right? But how many times do our mind, it does that with other things? Why does that person want to meet with me? What's that conversation? What if I get around that family member and we've had 15 different conversations of the way that it could go? And we don't even know that it's going to happen, right? But we've made the worst of this situation, before it's even taken place and our mind has gone places. Why? We're controlled by fear. We're a hostage that. And Paul's saying the worst thing you could imagine, yeah, God can turn it around. Your prison can even have a purpose. And so what if there is a bad doctor's report? God can use it for his glory. And what if I do lose my job or my income gets cut? God can use it for his glory. And what if that person does want to talk to me and it's a difficult conversation? God can use it for his glory. That somehow, even through the difficult things in my life, I'm not a hostage to fear because even some of the worst outcome, Paul says it's for the kingdom of God. This is so others are being brought into the love of Christ and the joy of Christ. And even my imprisonment is being used to share Christ with others and everyone can see it around me. And I would just challenge you, maybe you need to ask God, the bad situations in my life, my prison, my dark moments, God, how can you use it for your glory? How can Jesus, you be put on display to others that are around me that are seeing me walk through this? He ends with this one last verse I wanna share with you in Philippians chapter one, verse 21. I'm not a hostage to fear because for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I wanna share just one last story with you. I was told this in Bible college. I don't know if it's true or if it's kind of Christian folklore that's been handed down, but there was an individual that lived during the time of Jesus. He was actually a close friend of Jesus. His name was Lazarus. You may know his story. He died, was dead for a number of days and Jesus comes to his grave and calls him forth and Lazarus is brought back to life. And there's a story in Christian folklore that says a number of years after Jesus' death and resurrection, the Jewish leaders came to Lazarus's house and they were mad because he was a testimony of the power of God and what God had done through the life of Jesus. And they look at Lazarus and they say, we're gonna, we're gonna imprison you and we're gonna execute you. And Lazarus looks at them and he laughs. 
And they're like, no, you don't understand. We're going to imprison you in Jerusalem, and then we're going to execute you. We're going to end your life. And Lazarus laughs at them. And they're like, why are you laughing? And he's like, I've already died. My life is not my own anymore. What are you going to do to me? And that's what Paul is saying. You're not a hostage to fear because your life is found in Christ. The peace that you need, it's found in Christ. As followers of Jesus, we have laid down our life. We have surrendered our rights. We have surrendered everything that we have, all of the decisions we've given it to Jesus. What do we have to fear? We've already laid our life down. There's nothing that this world can bring to us that God is not in control of and that God cannot turn and use for his glory. So Paul's saying, don't live as a hostage to fear. Your peace is in Jesus. God's got you in a process. And even those dark moments, your prison serves a purpose. And I wanna pray for us, church, ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and maybe take a moment and just reflect on what we've talked about. Is there any way that fear is controlling you? Fear has a hold of your life. And it's causing you not to live the great, abundant, full life that God has for you. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You're still trying to do this on your own. And this morning, Jesus wants to give you a brand new start. And if you're here and you'd be honest and say, God, I'm not living for you. I've not surrendered my life to you. I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible's very clear that all of us miss the mark and we can't fix ourselves on our own. We can't be good enough on our own. And yet through the grace of Jesus Christ, he's paid the price. He went to the cross for our sins. And I'm gonna lead out in a prayer and I'm gonna ask you to repeat it, whether you're praying it for the first time. I'm gonna ask everyone in the room to say this together. Let's pray this. Jesus, I come to you and I realize I've sinned. I need your forgiveness. And I'm asking for a brand new start. Be the Lord of my life. Be the savior of my life. Let me experience your freedom and not live as a hostage. I pray this in your name, amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate? For anyone in this room or online that prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe you're recommitting your life. And if you did, if you're saying, I want to start that relationship with Jesus, or, or I need to, to come back to a faith in Christ, I've walked away from that. We want to walk with you. We don't believe that you should do this on your own. And so there's a very simple way that we can do that. Once again, if you look there on the screens, you can text that number right there. Just text NCC follow. And one of our new life coaches wants to just reach out and pray for you. We want to encourage you and help you this week. This week, the enemy's going to try to discourage you and say that prayer wasn't real. God's not real. God's not doing something in your life. That is a lie from Satan. And we want to walk with you and, and help you continue to grow and find out what it means to walk with Jesus. And so if you text that number, um, we want to reach out and to encourage you. If you're here this morning and you're like, Aaron, I'm really battling fear. And it seems like I need outside voices to help me. I've mentioned this morning, you know, our family does counseling because there is wisdom in outside voices. And we have some amazing counselors here at the church that we're partnered with, Elledge Counseling. 
You can go on our website, just newcommunity.co. Go to the website there. You can click on Elledge Counseling's um, link there, and you can get connected with a counselor. That's great. Man, we want to be people that are mentally healthy. We don't want fear to control our life. And so if that's a resource and we offer that as a church, we want to encourage you to do that. And then I just want to lead us in a general prayer. And this time I'm going to lead out in prayer, but I don't want you to just repeat my words. Would you take a moment, just as you've reflected, would you ask God, Lord, is there a way that fear is controlling me? Maybe I'm letting my mind go to places that it doesn't need to. Lord, help me not be controlled by fear. Or maybe it's a conversation, or maybe it's just seeing God's purpose and God's plan in the midst of what you're going through. But let's pray together that we would not be a hostage to fear, but we would live the life that God wants for us. Lord, we come before you, and I thank you for this simple message, God. This theme that we see in this book that we're not a hostage in. Today, you've challenged us not to let fear control us, God. And so I pray, Lord, expose any fear in our life, Lord. Show us where that needs to be released from our life, God, that we can have the peace that is found in you. And so as we go throughout our week, Lord, as different thoughts come into our mind, Lord, help us to experience your freedom. God, help us to see your purpose and your plan through everything that we are walking through. God, as our students go into the school, Lord, let there be a confidence and a boldness, God, that they are not a hostage to fear, Lord, but they walk in your authority, God, and in your identity. I pray that over each of us, Lord, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. As you reflect on it this week, ask God to show you how the difficult things that you're going through, how they can bring him glory and build his kingdom. You can connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to be able to connect with you and to help you grow even more.